Hello, Shabbat Shalom. Uh, I am Moshe Schwab, and I am glad you can be here with us today. This is the uh, Torah portion section of our teaching, and we also have an, an accompanying teaching that you can watch for this Torah portion. Uh, this portion is a Shemot, and it uh, is from Exodus 1-1 to Exodus 6-1. And Shemot means names. Uh, we often... Uh, use Hebrew words and names to properly place the Bible in its context. Understanding the Bible in its original context is important for understanding it properly. Yeshua kept the Torah, and many believers in the Messiah, Yeshua, say we are to do what Yeshua did. And they even say, what would Jesus do? Uh, yet they philosophize themselves out of keeping God's word. Uh, Shaul unequivocally tells us that we are to keep the Torah. Yet again, false teachers contradict what he teaches. Uh, Romans 3.31 says the Torah has not been done away with. So when you take anything out of context, you no longer have the facts. Uh, you can say 2 plus 2 equals 5, but that doesn't make it right. We want truth not error. This portion uh, begins by saying that originally 70 men of Israel came to Egypt. All that generation died and the children of Israel multiplied and became so powerful that Pharaoh became alarmed with their numbers. So he made them into slaves and worked them hard. Also, Pharaoh told the midwives to kill the baby boys. But the midwives feared God, so they didn't kill the baby boys. They told Pharaoh that the women had their babies quickly, and God blessed the midwives for not killing the babies. Then Pharaoh ordered all the baby boys thrown into the river. The Pharaoh no longer recognized Egypt's deliverance through the Israelites. It is also, it's true today, isn't it? Many have forgotten that the scriptures came from Israelites and Jews and that their Messiah is Jewish. They would have no salvation without the Jews. A Levite couple hid their child for, th for three months, but eventually had to put him in the river in a basket. Pharaoh's daughter heard the baby crying and had pity on the child. She had her slave find the mother so, he could, so uh, she could nurse the baby for her, and Pharaoh's daughter called him Moshe. And she raised the child as her own. After Moshe had grown up, he saw an Egyptian strike one of his own kinsmen, and he waited until no one was around, and he killed the Egyptian. But what he did was found out. Pharaoh tried to have Moshe put to death, but he fled to Midian. In Midian, Moshe ends up defending a woman at a well, and their father tells them to bring Moshe over for some food. Moshe ends up staying with them and is given Zipporah as his wife. Moshe has, a, has the heart of a defender for, to do what is right. Are we defenders of truth 
or do we make up excuses? Meanwhile, the Pharaoh that tried to kill Moshe died, but the children of Israel remained slaves. God heard their, heard their cries. You know, God values all of mankind. He created us with his characteristics. Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. Moshe was tending the sheep of Yitro, and he came to the mountain of God, Horeb, where the angel of God appeared to him in a fire in a middle of a bush that did not burn up. He is told to take off his sandals as an act of humility. God identifies himself, himself as the God of his fathers, and Moshe was, was afraid to look at God. God tells Moshe that he has heard the cries of the Israelites. God then tells Moshe that he is sending him to free Israel. And Moshe asked him how he could do that, and God says that he will be with Moshe. God tells Moshe that Yehovah, that is yud is to be his name forever. And it says in Exodus 3.15, Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. Again, that's Exodus 3.15. The word of the Lord, in all caps, in this, in this uh, verse, is, is a Hebrew word, Yehovah. Uh, and so whenever we see that in the Bible, um, at least in the New King James Version, uh, we know that it is that it is that word Yehovah. Moses is to get together, get together the leaders of Israel and tell them that God is going to force Pharaoh to let them go, and they will be given gifts when they go. Some say that uh, God is beyond description, so we cannot use His name. God tells us His name is is. is and, uh, and it's used over 6,000 times in the Old Testament portion. The Jews were being persecuted for using Yehovah around the 2nd century A.D., so they made it a law not to speak God's name temporarily. It was supposed to be reversed, but they didn't change their man-made law. Do we respect God? They... Call God Hashem, which means the name. Would you call your father it? They dishonor God uh, by their man-made commandment. Yeshua said, I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you love me may be in them, and I in them. That's John 17.26. At the time of Yeshua, there was no prohibition on using God's name. It says he declared the name of Yehovah. He is the Messiah, and we are to obey him. Deuteronomy 18.15 says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren, him you shall hear. We are to obey the Messiah, Yeshua. Some say that to know the name uh, of Yeshua is to know the name of God. What they are saying is that we cannot use the name of God, but we can use the name of Yeshua. It sounds nice, 
but man-made ideas are not God's word. Watch out for these interesting man-made ideas. Some are not right. Yeshua said he declared God's true name. Obey the Messiah. We have evidence in the Hebrew manuscripts that Messianic believers were obedient to Yeshua and used God's real name. Moshe doubts that the people will believe him when he gets there, but, but God turns Moshe's staff into a snake and back again and made his hand leprous and then normal again. God also said that Moshe could turn water into blood. Moshe then, then says that he is not a good speaker and God has Aaron come out to meet Moshe and to be Moshe's speaker. Moshe leaves for Egypt with his family and Moshe encounters God along the way again. And at that, at that time, Moshe's sons are circumcised. Moshe and Aharon talk to the leaders of Israel and the leaders believe them. Moshe and Aharon then talk to Pharaoh, but, but he will not let the people go, and he imposes more work on them and mistreats the people. The leader of Israel were upset with Moshe, and Moshe is now also upset. God then tells Moshe he will force Pharaoh to set Israel free. As, as we know, a Abraham uh, prophesied that Israel would be slaves. This portion jumps ahead some 215 years. The 430 years included the time in Canaan, according to Josephus, and the Septuagint. We find out that Israel is being treated badly because they are doing well. The Jewish people do well because they follow the true God and His laws, and God blesses them. The Gentiles become afraid of them or are jealous. The fact that the followers of the true God do well is a testimony to the goodness of God and also to his future promises to Israel and to us. The Egyptians were treating Israelites ruthlessly and having their baby boys killed, but God was going to keep his word to Abraham and bring them back to their land. God can do what he wants, even appear as a man. In this portion, there is an appearance of God as a man in the fiery bush. It says that the angel of God appeared to Moshe. Angels look, look like men. For example, the angels that visited Abraham in Genesis 18, God also appears as a man there too. <clears throat> then in Exodus 4.1, the angel is... is uh, in the bush is called Elohim, and then later yud heh vav -Heh. Yehovah tells Moshe that he is mightier than Pharaoh, and the Israelites will be set free. God tells Moshe he will be with them. In our era, God gave us the powerful gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 says, says that. And the Holy Spirit is with those who believe, believe on Yeshua the Messiah. Israel has doubts throughout this portion, but God is greater than people's doubts. Good thing for us, because the believers in the Messiah are not perfect either. God is, is not subject to us, but we are to be subject to our God and King, and we are to trust in Him. The Haftarah for Shemot is Isaiah 27, 6 through 
28, 13, and 29, 22, and 23. Israel just acknowledged that God saved them, and he wiped away their tears and disgrace in chapter 26. They now have faith and trust in God, and God has humbled the mighty. Our portion in chapter 27 begins saying that Israel will fill the whole world with a harvest, possibly referring to an end-time harvest. And his controversy with them is taken care of. A shofar will sound and Israel will, will have the land from the Euphrates to the Wadi in Egypt, and they will be glorious. This is obviously about the end-time promise that will occur in the future. The subject then changes. Can they understand beyond precepts? With another tongue will God give them rest, but they wouldn't listen, and they live only by precepts. After the Haftarah for today, it says that God will lay a cornerstone. We know that this cornerstone prophetically refers to Yeshua, who would come about 600 years later. In Isaiah 29, 22, and 23, it says that Israel will no longer be ashamed. So this is yet to come. They will consecrate his name, that is Yehovah, uh, yud heh in the Holy One, most likely referring to Yeshua, will, uh, and will, will be in awe of their God. They will be in awe of their God. So will consecrate uh, the name of Yehovah and his Holy One. A Rabbi Shul sees some of the verses that we read from the Haftarah as prophetic verses. He sees Isaiah 28, 11 through 13 being about the gift of speaking in tongues. God gave us the Holy Spirit to help us keep his commandments. The Holy Spirit is to help us with life instead of making up man-made commandments. Trust in the Holy Spirit and in God. Although we see lack of trust in God at times in, in today's portion, it was through trust in God that Israel was set free. We also need to have trust in, in God and live with faith. Hebrews 11, 23 and 20 through 26 uh, says, By trusting, the parents of Moshe hid him for three months after he was born because they saw that he was a beautiful child, and they weren't afraid of the king's decree. By trusting, Moshe, after he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose being mistreated along with God's people rather than enjoying the passing, the passing pleasures of sin. He had come to regard abuse suffered on behalf of the Messiah as greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he kept his eyes fixed, on the reward. By trusting, he left Egypt. Not fearing the king's anger, he persevered as one who sees the unseen. Isn't that great? That we should be people like that, as people that see the unseen. <clears throat> so we should be like Moshe. And I remember years ago, uh, rabbi teaching about Moshe and says we should be like Moshe and, and, and it was during that teaching I said to myself I want to be like Moshe 
So I'd like to say a, a prayer for you now, the ironic benediction, and we'll use the real name of God, as it's used over 6,000 times in the Old Testament portion. Shalom. Yehovah bless you and keep you. Yehovah make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Yehovah lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. May God set us free in him and help us to live for him. Well, Shabbat Shalom, and I hope you will also uh, watch our uh, accompanying teaching for today. God bless.